Okay, everybody could dry their eyes right now. Okay. <laughs> that is why Mission View exists. Okay, that's why we exist. And we're so blessed for changed lives and what God is doing in each individual life. This week was an incredible week. For, for those of you that don't know, on Thursday, we fed the entire Hoover District at our building in our outreach, the staff outreach to the community there. About I would say about 250 employees came down, and we're so thankful for Mark and Cheris and their youth group from West Virginia. They helped out with us. It was awesome. Scott Johnson's group from uh, <clears throat> North Carolina, they've been helping out all week long, and then that was awesome. We had a family blast on Friday, and that was just incredible, seeing the body of Christ come out. If, if you're a guest with us today, that you were at the family blast, we're glad that you could be with us. We hope you make this your home. But we're thank I'm thankful for the body of Christ. And I want you to know that we do baptisms a little bit differently in that we, we believe that baptism is connected to discipleship. Because Matthew 28 says we're to make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it makes logical sense that those that have played an instrumental part in that person's life would do the baptism, uh, would baptize that person. So that's what you saw today. This morning, in the midst of already experiencing incredible blessings, um, what I'd like us to do is for us to look at God's Word and for us to contemplate the blessings that you and I have. Because here's my fear. My fear is that there are some that are believers in Christ that are not fully understanding all that is available to them that God desires to bless them with. It's like a father who wants to bless his child, but he can't because of where they are and the decisions that they're making in this life. And what God desires is to pour his full blessing upon his sons and his daughters. But we have to have our hearts in tune. We have to align ourselves with him. And so today we're going to contemplate the incredible blessings of God. And please realize that blessings of God are closely connected with our connection with God and, and understanding who He is and His character. Sometimes in our own thinking, we can make the, the mistake of thinking that God exists to bless me and that He's kind of like the genie in the lamp and I just call out to Him. It's like, bless me, God, bless me, God, bless me, God. And we got it all wrong. And we, what we really need to understand is that we exist to bless and to exalt and to serve the living God. And when we do serve and glorify and bless the living God with our lives, what happens is that we start to see all the bountiful things that God wants to give us. We saw that in the Kelsey's testimony today. And what God desires to do is to bless us. But let me give you a little bit of a, a parable so that we can understand the visual of what God desires. There's a story of an, uh, of an orphan child, a street child, a parable of this child. And this child was uh, lost and in the streets, living on cardboard boxes, destitute, homeless, without any wealth, filthy. 
all of a sudden there was a king one day that said, I, my heart is broken for the destitute children of the city, especially this child. And my heart desires that that child would not live in that kind of poverty. And so this great king took it upon himself to pay the price for adoption of this child. Now, when this child came into the king's presence, he didn't even begin to fully comprehend all that was before him. It was only going to be through living in the presence of the king that this child would fully understand to begin to understand all that the king had done for him. My friends, you and I are that child. We were lost to sin. We were, we were destitute. We were hopeless. And what God did in his great love, he desired to adopt us. So he had to pay the adoption price. And he paid the adoption price by sending his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to the earth to die on a cross, to raise from the grave, and to prove that he was God. And through that, we have the opportunity to become children of God, as, for, as John 1.12 says, as long as we receive what God has done. And the question this morning is, have we received that? Now, when we receive that, we're, please realize it begins a journey for us, a journey that will open your eyes. It will change everything. And the beauty of God is that he just doesn't leave us to wander about this life aimlessly. What God does in his great, incredible love is that he gives us direction. He chose to wrote us, write us a love letter, an instruction guide so that we would know how we should live and, and what we should do for our great king. And so he's given this to us, his wisdom. The scripture calls it his knowledge. The scripture calls it his precious promises. And as we have been studying in the book of Proverbs, it is his wisdom. And guess what? Through this wisdom, according to 2 Peter, we get a chance to participate in the divine nature of God. Let that sink in for a minute. We get to participate in the divine nature of God. His word is our way of connecting with God. It's our avenue, and it changes everything. When we were that destitute and hopeless child, we didn't, know, we didn't have any guidance in life. But as soon as we became a child of the king, he put his Holy Spirit in us, and we now have guidance. Before we lived to be first, but now we know that God says the first shall be last. Before we lived for justice and for revenge and for hatred, but now we live for mercy and forgiveness and love. Before we were all absorbed with our own image and what was, it was about us. But now in Christ, we realize our image is surrounded by Christ. It's wrapped up in who Jesus is. Before we waged war against God, but now we wage war for God. We are part of his army. Before we were our own king, but now we have a king that we get to follow after. His name is King Jesus. And my friends... He made the difference. He's the difference maker. And this allows us to enter into a relationship with a living God. And he has given us this as kind of the portal. 
It is the, his wisdom that allows us to connect with him. Call it an umbilical cord. We get to get the nourishment from God by being attached to God's word on a daily basis. We're going to be looking at that in, in, in uh, Proverbs chapter 3 today. Let's ask God to do a wonderful work in our own hearts. Now, I know that's a little steamy today. Um, that's okay. Uh, you know, give yourself, you know, you can fan yourself a little bit. They uh, just fixed the air conditioning units, but let's, let's uh, be focused on what God has to say to us. Lord, I pray that you would use your word in our hearts I pray that you would use your word to help us to understand what you want. Help us to be uh, in comprehension of all the blessings that you have given us. And I pray that as we look at your word, that you would illuminate our minds and our hearts, that you would help us to gain your wisdom and understanding and help us to see uh, what you're all about and what you want us to understand about you. We pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to be looking at just a few verses, 13 to 20. Now, as we do this, I believe we'll gain many things. First of all, we'll gain a greater perspective of God, the very nature of God. And so the, the, Solomon will start us there. He will say, blessed are those that have his wisdom, that we understand who he is. And we'll start to tap into the, the greatness of God, the holiness of God, the awesomeness of God. Of course, we can't expound on that in the time that we have. It's going to take a lifetime for us to be able to do that together. But let's get perspective. And once we have perspective, then we're going to understand there's five blessings that come through this umbilical cord of God's word, through his wisdom, this portal that we would understand. And he wants us to understand that there, through his wisdom, Wisdom, that we have a greater quality of life that through his wisdom he enriches us through his wisdom he gives us peace and through his wisdom he gives us vitality and through his wisdom he gives us confidence in knowing that we have a great God Psalm 53 2 says this God looks down from heaven on the children of men to see if there are any who understand who seek after God May it be said of each of us that we seek after God with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our being. May we connect with God and truly understand the blessings that we have. Take a look at chapter 3, verse 13. Verse 13 says, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Now, the first word is very instrumental in setting up this passage. He says, blessed. The word blessed speaks to an inner fulfillment that comes from a person who has a right relationship with God. Psalm 1 tells about that right relationship with God in contrast to the wicked. It says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scoffer. But what does he do? He delights in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. There's the contrast. Who are you spending time with? Is it the counsel of the wicked, or are you standing in the counsel of God? Are you sitting at Christ's feet? Are you trying to understand the very nature of God? Blessed, happy, peaceful is the person that has that relationship with the living God. 
Here's what I fear, though. I fear that there are some people that have a wrong concept of a relationship with the living God. I want you to know that I had it for years it, it, when I was a teenager before I came to faith in Christ. I had more of a cosmic, universal approach to God. I was taught in my church that pretty much all roads led to God. This was the rationale that I was taught. All roads lead to God, and it doesn't matter whether you're a Muslim, whether you're a Buddhist, whether you're Baha, Wiccan, Jehovah's Witness, or one of the 4,200 other religions in the world, as long as you believe in God, you will go to heaven. Now, I want you to know that sounds good at the outset. That sounds really good. In fact, there's a part of me that wishes that was true, that everybody went to heaven. Theologically, it's called universalism, meaning that everybody's going to make it one day. But there's a problem. It's incongruent with who God is. It's inconsistent with what he teaches. There's two fallacies here. The one's a logical fallacy, and one's uh, one... One, there's one uh, argument from Scripture that we have. Here's the argument that we have from logic. The logic, uh, logic says this. This can't be so because God would have to be in agreement with the, all the religions of the world. And since each religion contradicts the other religion, that would mean that God contradicts himself and therefore would no longer be, uh, would not, would no longer be uh, infallible. He would then be fallible. It can't happen that way. There's a scriptural argument as well. We are told in the very first command that's given in the Ten Commandments, remember the Ten Commandments and Moses going up there? Number one on the list was what? You shall have no other gods before me. Exodus 34, God goes on and explains even further. He says this, For you shall worship no other gods, for the Lord, whose name is, a jealous, is jealous, is a jealous God. And then he goes on and warns the people and says this, Do not whore after other gods. Do you think God's kind of passionate about this? My friends, there is only one true God. It is the God of the Scriptures. He is a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, uh, God the Holy Spirit. And this is the one and true God that we have to follow after. The question you have to ask yourself is, do I have a relationship with this living God? He wants that. The passage goes on and says, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom in this true God, who gets understanding in this true God. Now, in Proverbs, there are terms that are thrown around a lot. Knowledge, uh, understanding, wisdom. Here's knowledge. Knowledge is gaining information. I know a lot of people with lots of information. Now, they don't know what to do with that information. They don't always apply that information. But man, do they have lots of information. You all know as you're sitting here, you're thinking of that person. Oh, yeah, he has lots of knowledge. Understanding is the ability to see, to see clearly. And wisdom is the ability to apply all of it. To be able to not only have it and see it, but apply it to my life. Be able to apply it to my daily life. And here's what Solomon is saying. He is saying, blessed is the person who is able to take wisdom and understanding and you're able to apply it to your everyday life in pursuit of God. 
And that is the beauty of what God wants to do. Now, in the process, though, God does something supernatural. God does something supernatural in that he reveals to each of us on an individual level to where we are developmentally. The fact is, we're all at different stages in our walk with God if you have a walk with God. Let me give you an example. There's a friend of mine. His name is Noah. You'll see him on the screen there. Now, Noah and I were having a little nap time while their family, I am not a grandfather, no, uh, they were over at our house with their community group, and Noah and I decided to take a little nap on the couch. Now, I want you to know that Noah right now does not know really what the sovereignty of God is all about. He doesn't know the term immutability of God. He doesn't know the term transcendence of God. Or he doesn't know the omniscience of God. Let me tell you what Noah knows right now. He knows the warmth and the love of God because he has seen it in Lance and Kim who are God's representatives here on earth. They have seen the t he has seen the tender care. And right now, that's what Noah needs. Someday later, he's going to understand more of the sovereignty of God. See, this is what God does. He takes us where we're at. Peter says, like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word. We start out as baby Christians, and we develop in our faith. And somewhere along the line, we start to realize, hey, I got I to gotta step it up. I got to acknowledge my faith in Christ, and we're baptized. And we say, yes, I'm not ashamed. It is a pivotal moment in my life. And we continue on in this journey, and we start learning things about God. We start learning about his holiness. We learn about God's absolute truth. We learn about God's righteousness. We learn about his justice. We learn about his love. We love about, learn about his mercy. And my friends, it takes a whole lifetime for us to really start to understand God. And we're not going to understand this side of heaven, all that we can understand about God. But as we meet here as Mission View, we're going to strive we're going to under, try to look at his word bite by bite and try to understand who he is and apply it to our life. Here's the qu key question. Are you connected with this living God? Is he your God? Because if he's your God, that's the beginning point of you being able to have a relationship. Then you're going to be able to pick this up and start to read it. When I first became a believer, I didn't understand a lot about the Bible, but I would read and I would write down the verses that I knew. And at the end of the month, I'm like, my goodness, God's actually talking to me. That's the beauty about God. Now, here's the blessing that Solomon lays out for his son. He gives him five blessings associated with us walking with God, being connected to God's wisdom. Take a look at the first blessing in verses 14 and 15. Here we see God's wisdom enriches our lives. Take a look. For the gains... For the gains from her, please note that her is referring, that pronoun's always going to refer back to wisdom. For the gains from wisdom is better than the gains from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. Now, God uses the currency of the day, silver, gold, and jewels, as a way of illustrating the value of wisdom. 
the words gains and profits reflect the, the language of trade and investors of that day. Now, Solomon knew all about that. Solomon, who's writing his son, he would have been considered, oh, I would, let's say, the Bill Gates of the day. He had all kinds of wealth. If there's anybody that understood wealth, Solomon understood it. But here's the message. Get this. What wisdom returns to the investor, you and I as believers in Christ, is far greater than any return money could give. Do you get that? The return that we get from investing into God is far greater than we could ever earn in the, in the wealth of this life. You see, I think there are so many people, even Christ followers, that are not getting this. Our pursuit is so hard and fast on the mighty dollar. We think that if we just have more, if we just pursue more, then we're going to have all that we need. And as a result of our busy schedules and us pursuing more and pursuing our ability to rise up in our occupations, this kind of takes the back seat and as a result, we major on the minor and we minor on the major. This, my friends, is the major. And what Solomon is saying is that the greatest blessing comes through his word. Let me give you an illustration. How many of you, when you were a kid, had one of these? The Mickey Mouse gumball machine. Okay, anybody have? Okay, Lance had one. I want you to know this was like one of my favorite Christmas gifts that I still remember. Now, the beauty of this is mom kept the, the gumball machine, at least that was her role, was to keep the gumball machine filled with gumballs. And then I would borrow nickels from my mother or my father, and I would put it in there, and you would turn the knob, and all of a sudden the gumball would come out. And according to all the Disney commercials, you were to say, thanks for the gumball, Mickey. And you just had a great time. You just keep you know, putting them in your mouth. Now, there was an incredible blessing because you were to put the nickel in, and after it was all said and done and the nickels were full, you got to keep the nickels, and the, 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 the gobstoppers, the, the gum, just continually appeared. It was beautiful. This is a little bit, in a very elementary way, how it is with God. All we have to do is put the nickel in. We invest our time. We invest our time with God, and we, we spend time with Him. And when we do that, all of a sudden, God gives us truths that really enriches our lives from His Word. But if we don't make the investment, there is no enrichment. The question is, what kind of investment are you making for the Lord? Number two blessing, look at verse 16. God's wisdom gives a greater quality of life. Look at verse 16. Long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. Now Solomon uses an illustration of a two-handed blessing that God gives the person who pursues wisdom. This was a common expression in the poetry to show that God was given a double-fisted blessing. And in this case, what was in the right hand was longevity of life, and what was in the left hand was peace and, and riches and honor. Now, the, the ESV in saying riches and honor, it's really translating the word shalom, which we had last week, and it means peace or riches and honor. It's a broad meaning. But here's the message. The message is this. Wisdom will increase the quality of life far greater than anything else in this life. Do you get that? 
Wisdom will increase the quality of our life far greater than anything else. Now, it was common in that day, as it is in this day, to think that quality of life was only for the rich. It was the rich that were out whining and dining. It was the rich that were, had all the nice things of life. Now, what Solomon is saying, no, 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 no. The nice things of life, the quality of life is not for the rich. It is for those that are connected to God through his wisdom. Let me give you another picture. Some of you know that I am fast approaching the age of 50. Now, I'm not there yet. I want you to know I'm not there yet. But as I am fast approaching the age of 50, there are certain things that I should be doing to help myself. Now, if you look at me, you will see that I am beginning to have crow's feet and puffy eyes. Now, I've been told that this magical cream here, if I just take and put this on my eyes and rub it in on a daily basis under here, it will magically make my crow's feet and my puffy eyes go away. And I will forever look like I am 38 years of, of age. Now, that might be wishful thinking, but the key is applying this snake oil to my no, it's not snake oil. I mean, this cream that was guaranteed to get rid of all of this. Now, I will tell you, even though this is sitting in my cabinet, I don't do it. I don't think about it. I don't really care if I have crow's feet or puffy eyes. But if I did care, the key would be that I need to apply it on a regular basis. Now, let me just say that God's word is there for us, and we have to apply it. I want you to know it doesn't do any good on our nightstand. It doesn't do any good if I look at it on my desk at work. It doesn't matter even if I have verses plastered all over my house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It doesn't matter if it's out there. If it doesn't get applied to my soul, it's not going to do me any good. And what God wants to do is he wants to take my life and he wants, to, he wants to give me a greater quality of life through his word. Here's the question. Are you experiencing a greater quality of life that God wants you to have? Are you experiencing that? Let's look at the third blessing. Look at verse 17. Uh, this one is God's wisdom will allow us to have peace. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. Talk about the ways of wisdom or ways of pleasantness and all of her paths are peace. Now, in this verse, Solomon says that wisdom directs us down a path that is both pleasant and peaceful. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you have hectic lives? Anybody here? I think there's quite a few of us that have hectic lives. Here's the message for all of us that have hectic lives. Wisdom allows you to escape the chaos of this life and enter into a peaceful place with God. Think about that. God gives us an oasis, an escape. Now, my wife and I were cruisers. Does anybody know what cruisers are? is those that like to get on those very big boats and go to places far, far away. We like that. 
I want you to know that when we had children running around in diapers, we didn't cruise. We couldn't afford to cruise. Those of you that have children, it's coming in, your, in, in due time. We're empty nesters now. There is a benefit to the empty nest. We have a little bit more disposable income where we can go on a boat once in a while and get away. Now, on one boat trip that my wife and I took, we wanted to get away from the chaos and the hecticness of, this, of the boat. So we bought a little bit of a spa package. Now, I'm saying that tenderly because I want to make something careful. I want to be, make something very aware to you. I'm not a frou-frou type of guy, okay? I don't go get manicures. I don't get pedicures. I don't get massages very often. But this time, we wanted to get away. And I want you to know when we got away in this little, on this, on this boat for this spa package, we were able to take a nice steam shower. We were able to put on one of those puffy white robes and tie it and go around thinking that we were kings and queens. We sat on these hot chairs that reclined and had like this waterfall zen-like instrumental music going on. And you're like, oh, this is so good. This is so nice to escape. My friends, I want you to know there's an escape at Emmanuel's feet. You can sit at his feet. You can be still. You can know that he's God. And he desires more than anything for you to talk with him, for you to be with him. That's a blessing that we can have if we just take the time. Here's the question. Do you enjoy the haven that is found only in God? The fourth blessing. The fourth blessing is that God pumps vitality into us. Look at verse 18. She is a tree of life, talk about wisdom, to those who lay hold of her, those that hold her fast are called blessed. It's interesting that he uses the phrase tree of life and he says, I want you to lay hold. I want you to hold fast to this tree of life. Now, this tree of life is a reference to Genesis chapter 2, verse 9. Now, there are two trees, there were two trees that were in the garden. Now, sometimes in our thinking, we only think of one tree. We think of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which Adam and Eve were not to touch, right? But we forget that there was actually a tree of life that bore fruit that they were to take part of. And in the passage, it says that it was good for, it was good food for them to eat. Now, evidently, the tree of life was a means of preserving and promoting the life Adam and Eve had in their blissful state. Can you imagine if we had this tree of life and I was to sell that fruit? I would be a mega billionaire because everybody would want that tree of life. But here's the deal. Solomon is saying, you as a believer, as a follower in God, have that tree of life in God's wisdom. Here's the message. Wisdom is a tree of life to us which both preserves and promotes the vitality of life for us. This is an incredible picture. Now, the key to vitality is laying hold of it, holding fast to this. Let me give you another word picture. Have you ever been to a place where you enter into a room 
and the room is dark at first. And as soon as you enter into the room, all of a sudden you're looking for switches, but as soon as you enter into the room, the light automatically comes on. See, the reason why there was no vitality in that room, the reason that it was dark, is because there was no movement. Once the movement took place, it was then that there was a connection, and then the energy flows, then there's illumination, and then we understand and we can see. What God wants in our vitality is movement on our part. Many believers are standing still. They're not serving God. They're not pursuing God. They're not doing anything. And they're saying, God, where are you? Why do I feel so distant? And God says, move, move, and the light will come on. I'll give you give me a little I'm going to give you more I'm going to help you understand but I want to see vitality in your life but there has to be movement on your part the question is are we laying hold of the vitality that comes through God's word now here's the last blessing it comes in verse 19 and 20 God's wisdom grants us confidence that God is so big take a look at verse 19 and 20 look at the words the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. Now Solomon gives his son the, another benefit through creation. Uh, another benefit of wisdom as seen through creation. Here is the message. The message is simple. The very wisdom that God used to create the earth, to put the stars into place, to put the universes in, into, into orbit, is the very wisdom, the wisdom that it took to do that is what he's making available to you and I. Now, I don't think this is any small thing. When you think about the earth being created, when you think about the stars in orbit, when you think about outer space in the heavens, you, you, all you got to do is look at that and you marvel at the magnificence of God and this is the divine nature that we get to tap into through God's word. As an image of this, I'm going to play a little video for you. And what you're going to see are not computer-generated type of images, but what you're going to see is actual images from the Hubble, te uh, Hubble telescope. And what you're going to see is you're going to see specks all over the place. Please understand, some are stars, some are galaxies. And as we watch this, I want you to be in awe of the incredible wisdom and the bigness of God. The final question I think we can all ask, and I think it's worth asking, is do we have that relationship with the God who did all this? Colossians 1 says this, for by him, talking about Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and is invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. The fact is that the scriptures declare that Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, is the one who put all these things into place. This God, who is a part of creation, the marvel of it, of it all, is the very one who took the form of a little child, who grew up a an earthly life. And he did so because he had you in mind. He knew that we had a problem and that he had to pay for that problem. The very God who created the universe went to the cross out of love for you. 
He died on the cross. He bled for you. And he went into the grave. And then three days later, he rose from the grave. Why? Because he wants a restored relationship with you and me. He wants that. He desires it. And he wants, us to, he wants to walk with you. He wants to reveal himself to you through his wisdom. He wants to bless you. But it has to start. The beginning place is a relationship with the living God. And during this last song, I would encourage you to cry out if you don't have that relationship. In the Old Testament, they cried out, Yahweh, Yahweh, meaning God, come, come. When Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? They said one response. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You're the living God, is what they were declaring. That was their proclamation. And in that proclamation, there was a willingness to say, God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of the things that I've done wrong. I am aligning myself with you. I am totally surrendering my life to you. In the in a very simple way that's what you can do during this song if you don't have that relationship then cry out to God ask him to forgive you ask him to come into your life and to to begin that relationship if you have that relationship and you haven't been experiencing these blessings also call out say God forgive me revive my soul help me to know you